The Unpracticed Disorganized Acting Company presents Batman, Merry Christmas, and a Deadly New Year by Denny O'Neill. Somewhere this bleak Christmas Eve, people are celebrating, singing and laughing and filling their nostrils with a sweet sense of pine and punch. But here, on a lonely hillside, there is no merriment. No, here there is only wind as sharp as a blade, and endless swirls of cruel snow, and the struggles of three desperate individuals to reach distant lights. And a mile away, on the far side of the rise, a fourth figure breasts the storm, his garments stark against the whiteness, his faith beneath the mask grim. Hurry, Martha, in a few seconds we'll be safe and warm. I thought we'd never make it. Her husband knocks at the door of a house upon the hill. A scowling, bald man opens it. Merry Christmas, sir. A car broke down on the highway. I wonder if we could- I don't want to hear about it. Go away. But, but you can't refuse us. My little boy is half frozen and- That's your problem, not mine. You heard me. Go. Ah, oh, let him in. Step, yeah, step inside, folks, and make yourselves comfy. Thanks. We couldn't have lasted another 15 minutes outside. The family comes in, and their unhappy host closes the door after them. A red-haired man in a green jacket awaits inside. You maybe won't last that long here. Hey, get that kid away from my telescope. That thing costs nearly- Nah, let him play with it. I mean, you won't be needing your hobby after tonight. Or anything else. I recognize you from the pictures on the television. You're- Yeah, I'm Chimp Manners, the dude who swiped a vial of the army's top-secret nerve gas. Same you got such good eyes, lady, cause naturally I ain't gonna be able to let you live. You're dead, all of ya! Including me, Manners. The Cape Crusader has opened the front door. Snow and his cape swirl around his body in the draft. The Batman! Where the devil did you come from? From examining the helicopter you crashed nearby. I figured you'd head for the closest shelter, and this is it. Naturally, you're gonna pull a gun. And naturally, I'm going to take it. Manor's hand hasn't even cleared his jacket when Batman grabs his wrist. He yanks the would-be murderer's arm up painfully, causing Manners to release his grip on the pistol. Batman backhands Manners into the heavy telescope. Let's make this brief, huh? Okay, you got my automatic, but you didn't get this. You know what this is, tough guy? It's the vial I swiped from that army base. Cute, ain't it? You wouldn't think there's enough poison in this little bottle to snuff half a city, would you? But there is, and since I got nothing to lose, I might as well open it. Of course, if you hand me back my hardware, I just might change my mind. You win, Manners. Batman returns the gun to him. You saved your life, for a couple of seconds, anyhow. You realize I can't let any of you go on breathing. Outside, march! I plan to hole up in this dump, and I don't want it cluttered with dead bodies. Under the threat of Manor's gun, the five hostages go out into the snow. Only a few flakes are now falling. Batman places his body between Manor's and the others. Manor's, there's no reason to shoot the child. He can do you no harm. The reason is, I like to be thorough. Don't like to leave loose ends. You'd better aim well. Kill me with the first shot. Because if you don't, I'll waste you. Don't worry. I will finish you with the first one. 
I happen to be an expert with handguns, plus which I've had a lot of practice aiming at live targets. Bye-bye, Batman. Suddenly, from nowhere, a light blazes, bright and blinding. The startled gunman fires wildly and misses. Batman instantly closes the gap between himself and Manners, knocking the villain unconscious with one punch. He's out like the proverbial light. Speaking of lights, I want to thank whoever fired that flare. Ella, it wasn't any flare, it was a star. I've studied astronomy for 40 years and I'm telling you, I've got no idea where it came from or where it went, but that was a star, believe me. I do. It sure looks like it's going to be a Merry Christmas. A short time later, Batman has handcuffed Manners right wrist to his left wrist. You might as well stop resisting Manners. You're caught good. I've alerted Commissioner Gordon by phone. He'll be waiting for us at the Gotham city limits with a squad of police. You'll be spending 1973 behind bars and a whole lot of following years. If we reach Gotham City. Oh, come on. You surely can't expect to escape. We'll just see, tough guy. Batman, with manners still attached to him by the handcuffs, is driving a dark blue sports car back to Gotham. Christmas is dawning, and throughout this lovely, sprawling America, children are squealing with delight as they unwrap presents, and turkeys are being popped into ovens, and people are being hugged. For the Batman, however, there is no joy. There is, instead, danger. That idiot, driving a truck like a sports car on an icy highway. He must have gotten his driver's license from a gum machine. Think so? With a frightful hiss of tires and brakes, the truck fishtails, slamming the Batman's frail vehicle into a snow-cushioned embankment. Batman leaps from the car, dragging Manners with him. This was no accident. The trucker deliberately clobbered me. Something's wrong. No reason for anybody to be hauling Christmas trees today. Then why? In an instant, the Batman's question is answered as ski-masked goons jump down from where they were hidden in the truck's loose cargo of trees. Ambush. They were waiting for us. Friends of manners, no doubt. Ordinarily, I'd have a chance. These guys seem like garden variety thugs. I only have one fighting hand, and manners is dragging on me like an anchor. Grab him. Hold his arm while I pay him back. Get it over with. We ain't got all day. How's it feel to be on the receiving end of a fist, Tuffy? Fist? I thought a gnat landed on me. You got a wise mouth, which now I'm gonna shut. Not a bad bunch. For a Girl Scout. Banners, this ain't the Carson show. Save the snappy pattern, finish it. Ah, knuckles against the Batman or nothing. Might as well swing a butterfly wing. Then use your sap. One of the thug uses such a device to whack Batman in the back of his head, and the masked manhunter falls to the snow, unconscious. Then a tall, well-dressed man steps to the fallen crime fighter. Excellent. He shall nap for hours, will take his car, and leave the truck. Might as well. He's only rented under a phony name. A mere 15 minutes later, they're gone. No surprise. I didn't expect them to hang around for a second brawl. 
The vials of nerve gas I took from Manners is gone with them. They abandoned their wheels. Probably means they left no clues. Still, won't hurt to look. After a quick, thorough search, mm, as I suspected, zero. Except for this card. Bruce Wayne received one exactly like it. A small lead, but at least it's a start. The formal-looking invitation says, you are cordially invited to a New Year's Eve gala at the Gotham Skytop Club, December 31st, 1972. Formal dress, proceeds go to charity, RSVP. That evening at police headquarters, Sorry I'm late, Commissioner Gordon. I was waylaid and chimp manners. Never mind him. We've got bigger problems. This note arrived by messenger an hour ago. Read it and weep. If Boss Halstrom is not released from prison by midnight, next Saturday, we will release nerve gas in Gotham. Pretty grim threat. To put it mildly. I suggest we obey. Let Halstrom go and put a tail on him. We can't. Halstrom had a heart attack last night. He's dead. Whoever sent the note won't believe that, of course. So we have exactly a week to find the man responsible for the attack on me and the theft of the gas. Later, at the lavish penthouse of Bruce Wayne... You guys see our problem. Rather, Master Bruce. Any ideas, Batman? I mean, Bruce. Well, a couple. We know someone in Gordon's office is working with the criminals. Oh, and may I inquire how we know this, sir? Because these baddies know which and by which road Batman was returning with manners and the gas. Right, Bruce? Check. So you, Dick, are going to work for the commissioner disguised as a police cadet. Snoop around and see if you can discover the leak. Alfred, your job is to find any possible links between the late boss Halstrom and the people invited to the New Year's party. I'll get on Manor's trail after I pay a call on a certain Dr. Harris Blaine as the Batman. Soon, the Dark Knight detective enters a laboratory via the window. Working late, Doctor. And on a holiday, too. You again? You can't let me alone, can you? I need a scientific genius. You qualify. What can you tell me about Project J? the government's secret nerve gas. Not much. I haven't worked on it, but gossip says it's a catalyst. It interacts with the oxygen in the air to produce toxic fumes. Any special physical characteristics? Color? Odor? It would be colorless, of course, as to odor. I'm guessing it would smell like violence. Understand, I'm only conjecturing. He's gone. That's the way of the Batman. Monday night in a part of the city nice folk avoid. A not-so-gentle man known as Matches Malone gazes thoughtfully at an establishment famed for bad drink and worse food. How's it, Matches? What the usual? Not just now, Freddy. I'm looking for somebody. Chimp Manners. I owe him a grand. He bet he'd make a chump out of the Batman, and he did. Nah, he ain't been on the scene lately. Matches can tell that Freddy is lying to him and sees a steak being delivered through a curtain to a back room. Matches exits Freddy's dive and changes into the more familiar gray, blue, and yellow of the Batman. And inside... I tell you, Harry, 
You'd have loved it. The way I clobbered the Batman. He comes swinging, see? And I nail him with my left hook. He goes down and... Don't let me interrupt your fantasy. You were saying, I went down. You will this time. I'll drop you permanently. True. I'll die eventually. Everyone does. But no cheap punk like you will be the cause. Manners and Harry have both drawn pistols. Manners is the immediate threat, and Batman once again grabs his wrist, pushing the arm with the gun towards the ceiling. A stray slug and sudden darkness shrouds the room. I'll get him for you, chimp. The near total darkness of the room is illuminated for three instants, one for each shot that Harry fires. There's a deep voice scream. I did it. I gunned the Batman. Word hits the streets about this. I'll be the biggest man in town. A fist has come out of the dark, and now Harry's proverbial lights are like those of the room. Out. Batman strikes a match. Manners, where are you? I heard a groan. He won't answer ever again. His buddy accidentally shot him straight through the heart. My chance for information died with him. I hope Robin fares better. Thursday afternoon at police headquarters. Hello, Commissioner Gordon. Hello, son. Who are these brats traipsing about underfoot, Gordon? As Commissioner of Public Works, I have a- You have a right to know, Reeves. Well, these brats, as you call them, are police cadets. It's a new training program we've instituted for youths interested in law enforcement. Waste of money, in my opinion. The police cadet, Dick Grayson in disguise, makes his way down to the basement of the building. According to the law book, Commissioner Gordon was alone in his office when the Batman called him Christmas Day. Truly, he didn't plan the ambush, which leaves one possibility. A wiretap. The master plans for the building show the phone wires run along here. Ah, exactly what I was looking for. A tap. It looks like it was once connected to a tape recorder. No reason to continue my masquerade. The wig and glasses were driving me nuts. Exit one cadet. Enter Robin. Shortly. Our records indicate a substitute engineer was on duty Christmas. The regular man was sick. No doubt the substitute engineered this little eavesdropping session. Another dead end. The Batman and I both struck out, so it's up to Alfred. Wednesday evening in a very private gym. Master Bruce, I've completed my investigation. Judging from the excitement in your voice, you were successful. Give us a scoop, Alfred. Actually, I've uncovered three suspects. Three millionaires invited to the New Year's festivities, whose fortunes were in danger, until a month ago, that is. At that time, each apparently received a large sum of cash. Any explanation? On the stock exchange, the chaps are saying these gentlemen withdrew funds from secret Swiss bank accounts to meet present needs. I fear it would require months to verify the rumor. We have less than four days. You learn the name of these three dudes, Alfred? Naturally, Master Richard. I'm not an incompetent. They are Wilson Ennett, Sandor Grogan, and Marsden Van Dyne III. Ennett, Grogan, and Van Dyne. At least one was paid by Boss Halstrom to secure his release from prison. At least one is holding a canister that could destroy half of Gotham. But which? Thursday night. Sir, you've seen the newspaper? You referred to the report of Hallstrom's attack, a ruse, a transparent lie. 
Halstrom is alive and he shall be free. I've given my word and he's given me a great deal of money. This small container is the key to unlock Halstrom's cell. You're not really going to open that thing. Indeed I am, precisely on schedule. At the stroke of midnight, New Year's Eve. Don't worry. You and I will be protected. Watch carefully. I am attaching a small time bomb to the canister. In 77 hours, it will explode, opening the canister and releasing its contents. Put my toy in the place I arranged. Go and report to me when you're done. Yes, sir. Friday, 7 p.m., Commissioner Gordon's office. 53 hours left, and we've gotten nowhere. I have detectives watching in it, Grogan and Van Dyne, and the reports are great, round zero. How about evacuating Gotham? No good, Robin. An evacuation order would cause panic. Tens of thousands would be trampled or worse. I confess, I'm beat. I'm fresh out of ideas. I'm not, not quite. Consider, we've got three suspects, all of whom will be at the Sky Top Club. It figures the gas will be there somewhere, too. Ergo, our task is simple. Force the would-be mass murderer into revealing himself. That's simple? Batman, you're asking for a miracle. Not a miracle. Maybe a bit of chicanery will serve. Come on, Robin. We're going to prepare. A dirty trick. Saturday, 9 p.m. The Batcave. I hate to ruin your Christmas vacation, kid. No sweat. I mean, I'm lucky. The other college students are attending dances, shows, escorting fair maidens, hither and yon, silly stuff like that. Me? I get to closet myself in a nice damn cave with a lot of smelly chemicals. I'm lucky. Sure I am. And finally, Sunday, New Year's Eve. Bruce Wayne and Alfred Pennyworth exit a taxi at the base of the building upon which the Skytop Club dominates the upper floor of. A formidable throng of merrymakers, Master Bruce. They wouldn't be laughing if they knew what we know. May I ask the purpose of the cable, stretching from the Skytop Club to the street, Master Bruce? At twelve, a silver ball will drop down, signaling the beginning of 1973. Pray that's all it will signal. Frankly, I'm not sure our stunt will work. Wayne, nice to see you, fellow. Well, well, three of my favorite people, Ennett, Grogan, and Van Dyne. Ready for a bout of celebrating? Bruce is always ready for a party. I can already taste the champagne and caviar. Sorry to pull the snob routine on you, Alfred, but I'd like you to stay with the servants. Keep an eye and ear peeled, and when I raise my hand, you and Robin move. Absolutely, sir. Chattering, giggling, the pop of corks. These are Gotham City's rich, waiting for the magic hour in the Skytop Club, unaware that death waits with them. In five minutes, 1972 wouldn't be past history. Uh-huh. Excuse me, Grogan. Having left the table, Bruce raises a hand when he's sure that Alfred can see it. Surreptitiously, Alfred smashes a small glass bottle and... <laughs> smells like violets. Violets? No, it can't be. Taking out a gas mask, huh? Mr. Ennett, you've given yourself away. Robin, Ennett's chauffeur. He's got a mask too. 
Nail him. I'm on my way. Obviously, you're a lawyer to your employer, so you deserve the same treatment. Batman decks Ennett, and the boy wonder quickly does the same to the math chauffeur. Ennett glanced toward the window when he sniffed our phony gas bomb. The real bomb must be on the ball. Ah, there it is, stuck with tape, with a timer attached. Only seconds to reach it. On the street below, partying Gothamites are excited not just to see the glimmering ball dropping to signal the beginning of 1973, but also for the world-famous hero atop the descending globe. Hey, looky there! The Batman's taking himself a ride! Happy New Year, Pally! The Batman stands with the vial in one hand and the disabled explosive in the other. Yeah, it sure is. The Unpracticed Disorganized Acting Company podcast is a Podcascadia production. Copyright 2020, Jeff Polier. This episode was recorded the 19th of December, 2020. Our cast this episode was Alex as Chimp Manners and Freddy the Bartender. Catherine as Robin, Dick Grayson, and Dr. Blaine. Ellen as the amateur astronomer, Thug One and Thug Two. Gina as Wilson Ennett and Commissioner Gordon. Lisette as Alfred and the father. Miles as Batman, Bruce Wayne, and Sandor Grogan. Rob as Martin Van Dyne, Ennett Chauffeur, Harry, and the Celebrant. And myself, Jeff, as the narrator, the mother, and Commissioner Reeves. Batman, Merry Christmas and a Deadly New Year was written by Denny O'Neill and published in December of 1972 with a cover date of February 1973. The story was adapted for audio by Jeff Pollier. Batman and all related elements are the intellectual property of DC Comics. The unpracticed, disorganized acting company performs for the enjoyment of it and is not profiting in money, goods, or services from this presentation. Our theme music is Gothamlicious by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. To learn more about the Unpracticed Disorganized Acting Company, look for us on Facebook. There you can learn about upcoming projects and how you can also participate. <laughs>